The Elegance of the Hexagon Not that there was any pitched battle for my loyalties, but I have to say that the hexagon is my favorite geometric shape. I first became enamored in biochemistry when introduced to the basic building block of the carbon ring, depicted as a hexagon of carbon atoms with other molecules hanging off of them. In medical school, I spent hours of quality time with glucose, and even though the molecule can be folded and twisted, I appreciated its simplified depiction as an equilateral hexagon. The next step of my hexagon journey was Charles Darwin and the conundrum of the honeycomb. The precise hexagonal structure of the honeycomb has fascinated naturalists for thousands of years. In 36 BC, the Greek mathematician Marcus Vero suggested that the hexagon produces the smallest total perimeter of wax, compared to other shapes such as the square or triangle that also make for a smooth, even tiled surface. If this was true, the hexagon saved on the expenditure of wax production. This theory became known as the honeybee conjecture. Though widely accepted, the theory was not proved mathematically until 1999, some 2,000 years later. Darwin proposed that economy of wax was the engine driving the natural selection advantage for bees who could make a hexagon. While this hypothesis explained why bees do what they do, Darwin faced the bigger challenge of explaining how they did it, and the biggest hurdle was the church. Theologians had made the honeycomb one of the poster children for intelligent design. William Paley, an influential naturalist in Darwin's time, provided a detailed analogy to a watch, stating that there could be no watches without the guiding hand of a watchmaker. Paley believed that some sort of governing intelligence was the only explanation for design that flummoxed human engineers. I can understand this line of thought. As I try to construct a quilt in a pattern of interlocking hexagons, I think of the bee doing the same thing in the dark, working with other bees at the same time and in constructing a three-dimensional hive. I've got a ruler and precise cutting tools, but frankly, it's a bitch to get a precise 120-degree angle with three corners exactly snugged in with each other. If one is off-kilter, the mistake is compounded in the next, to the point of ripping the whole thing out midst a string of filthy words. But the squishable bee, with its mere smidge of a brain, does it effortlessly. Oh, and by the way, the hive is tilted just so from the horizontal to keep honey from dripping out. The cornerstone of Darwin's theory is that there is no agenda to natural selection, no plan to make a watch or honeycomb. It simply evolves in response to survival pressures. If Darwin could not show that bees could change over time and become more efficient, his entire theory would crumble in the face of religious skeptics who believed, as it was in the beginning, now is and ever shall be, world without end. The hexagonal comb was my gateway into the relentless curiosity and charm of Darwin. One summer I thought I might read The Origin of the Species. After a few chapters, I abandoned the project. The writing is so dense, filled with long descriptions that cry out for a diagram, or even better, a YouTube video. But leaf through, and you'll find a vivid demonstration of an insatiable curiosity at work. Darwin starts his description of the honeycomb by commenting that only a dull man could not be impressed by a bee whose geometry skills outshine even the most accomplished craftsmen. He then blithely brushes aside thoughts of intelligent design and with great confidence states, 
quote, but the difficulty is not nearly so great as it first appears. All this beautiful work can be shown, I think, to follow from a few very simple instincts, end quote. The next ten pages are a recitation of his extensive empirical research, which includes a vast correspondence with other naturalists studying the honeycomb. Darwin was looking for a transitional structure, a simple comb that would demonstrate an earlier form. And thank God, a colleague sent Darwin a honeycomb from a Mexican bee that made circular, not hexagonal cells. No special skills were required to explain this geometry. The bee could simply rotate around a single point. This bee was at a disadvantage because of the wasted space between the circles. His hive was inefficient. Darwin communicated with Francis Huber, another honeycomb expert. Huber was blind, but still managed to make meticulous observations of honeycomb construction with the assistance of his patient wife. He discovered that Darwin's hive bees start cell construction with a circular blob of wax, which they then excavate. As the two adjoining cells compress against each other, they form a straight edge. Problem solved. Based on the evidence that simpler forms of hides do exist, Darwin wrote, quote, Hence we may safely conclude, if we could only slightly modify the insects already possessed by the Mexican bee, the bee would have a structure as wonderfully perfect as the hive bee. End quote. Darwin then described his own experiments where he inserted wax of different configurations and color into a hive and observed the bees. I like to imagine Darwin pitter-patter puttering around his beehives, magnifying glass in hand, and enduring the occasional sting, all in an effort to make his theory of evolution bulletproof. He was simultaneously studying such things as earthworms, barnacles, the dispersal of seeds, and the web feet of upland ducks. I smile to think of the mailman delivering yet another unusual package to his home. One of Darwin's charms is that his experiments are simple and clever, and could be duplicated by amateur naturalists in their own backyard. In fact, I think this would make a noteworthy science project for the motivated grade school student. Perhaps not start with bees, I can't imagine how many times Darwin got stung, but rather earthworms. Darwin played music to them to see whether they could hear. Once sensitized to the hexagon, I began to see it everywhere. The compound eyes of the dragonfly are hexagonal. The sea turtle shell has hexagonal plates, both presumably driven by the efficient packing of the hexagon. Cell phone companies use hexagonal-shaped cells to efficiently map the phone towers without gaps. Settlers of Catan also use hexagonal tiling. There are some very practical advantages to the hexagon. Consider the pencil. It typically has a hexagonal shape, perhaps to provide a better grip, or better packing in a box, or maybe to keep it from rolling off the table. Personally, I'd like hexagonal raspberries. My floor is stained with raspberries that rolled off the table and got squished. Take a look at the heads of nuts and bolts. These will likely have a hexagonal shape, the perfect compromise between round and square to provide the necessary torque for the wrench. An eight-sided nut would be too circular and the wrench would slip off. A square shape would provide inadequate surface area for the torque. A quick perusal of a garage revealed a variety of hexagonal gas caps and knobs. The bathroom plumbing at my local library provided another example. Chicken wire is often hexagonal. A rectangular configuration loses its spunk if one wire fails. Chickens can easily escape by squeezing through the vertical slit. In a hexagonal structure, the wires are wrapped around two separate strands. If one fails, the fence retains its integrity, at least for chickens.
The overall shape of a snowflake is hexagonal. Many crystals are hexagonal, all driven by the underlying chemistry. The Giant's Causeway in Ireland consists of a lava field tiled in hexagons. The shrinking of the cooling lava created tension across the field. The esoteric field of fracture mechanics suggests that a hexagonal shape of cracks releases the most tension. A similar configuration of basalt piles exists in California, called the Devil's Post Pile. The imperfection of the hexagons is related to the variable rate of cooling across the field. Darwin must have known about the ubiquity of hexagons. Certainly he stared into the compound eyes of a dragonfly as he pondered the evolution of the eye. He constantly received animal specimens in the mail and would likely have a collection of hexagonal plated turtle shells. The giant's causeway was discovered in 1692. Chicken wire invented 1844. Darwin, ever curious, must have also noticed the practical hexagonal design of nuts and bolts. Perhaps the hexagon was bringing it all together for him, the surprising overlap of the physical, chemical, and natural world. Darwin died 100 years too early to appreciate the jumbo hexagon on the northern pole of Saturn, identified during the 1981 Voyager mission. This hexagon is 18,000 miles wide. I can imagine Darwin's cosmic curiosity with this huge cloud swirling around a churning storm at its center, producing the exact same geometry as his humble bee. What wild wind is at work here, he comments as he taps his hexagonal pencil on his desk.